0: All right, and three, two, one, and action. What's up, everybody? It's Tony Tubes. I'm here with the Dakota Podcasting Experience. Yeah, down up here in South Dakota. Yeah, we're going backwards, South Dakota. Yeah. I already talked about our stupid ass governor. She's done a lot of other stupid shit already since my last video, which I have to say, thank you guys, everybody, so much for all the love for the last video. Um, talking about uh, the drug laws, drug laws in South Dakota and everything. If you haven't checked it out, it's called Christy Gnome, You're Dumb. Uh, and yeah, that was our last podcast. It is three twenty four, two thousand nineteen, at nine fifty seven in the PM. My wife's gonna be home in an hour, so I gotta get this shit. I gotta get this shit recoded. I wanted to talk a little bit today, and it might take the whole hour. I want to talk a little bit about small town USA, any town USA, little ass towns, man. Talking about maybe forty thousand and down, because I live in a state that's predominantly that, like that's the, the main thing in this, in this state is little ass towns. And, you know, if you look at the big towns like Sioux Falls, Rapids a little bit different out there because there's actually things to look at, you know? Uh, But you look at Sioux Falls and I've always thought that Sioux Falls was like a, you know, you got around here, you got, oh, you got Webster, Groton, Aberdeen, Ipswich, Redfield, Tulare, Frankfurt. All these little-ass towns, man. I know Aberdeen's like 30,000 people. Oh, well, woo-hoo. But all these little-ass towns, it's like if you mashed all of those together, if you mashed them all together into one big just town fuck, that would be Sioux Falls. And Sioux Falls is really nuts because it's like one neighborhood you're driving by and it's like home-alone houses. And then the next neighborhood, it's like Friday houses and then it's a little bit nicer houses and then it's a little bit less nicer like there's no like neighborhoods it's all just like block to block it's it's just a crapshoot um but I'm talking about really small towns you know like the town that we live in right now is like what is it like 3,000 people something like that Redfield it's like 3,000 people towns like that um you know and I'm pretty sure that like, or no, is it 2,000 people? I don't remember. 2,000 or 3,000. But anyways, if it's 2,000, I'm saying this. That there's 1,500 kids in this town and 500 adults. <laughs> there's so many kids in this fucking town. Um, and that's one of the things about small towns is that they do have an abundance of kids, and an abundance of teen pregnancies, and all that stuff because there's not a lot to do in these small towns. There's just not a lot to do. You know, like, I had my dad come into town from out of town, and he's like, oh, I want to take the kids to do something. Well, the bowling alley's closed, five feet of fucking snow on the ground, negative 20 degree temperatures and shit. It's like, what are we going to do? Nothing. Can't do shit, dude. Oh, we can go down to the armory and shoot hoops. You know, that's, okay, great, you know, but at the same time, it's like, come on, man. Like, this sucks. (laughs) Like, Little towns kind of suck, you know. when I see all these, all these um, uh, articles. It's like you know, small towns are making a comeback in the USA, and people are starting to move to these small towns. and And top ten small towns to live in, in in South Dakota, top ten small towns to live in in the United States. A small town won the great, the best, you know, you know, least amount of crime in the United States. You know, all this stuff, man, about small town America. And here's the deal about small-town America. If you have a lot of fucking money and you want to move to small-town America, go ahead. You're going to have a fucking ball, dude. You're going to have a wonderful time coming to South Dakota or coming to small towns and stuff. Because, I mean, that's what this, these towns cater to is money. Lots and lots of money. You don't even know where it all comes from. Because, you know, like, Redfield is, like, divided into, like, three or four different parts. It's like you got the farm people. You got the people that work at the state school. You got the people that work at the ethanol plant. You got some people that work, you know, for the railroad and shit. And then you got some miscellaneous crap around town, you know, that people can do. And so it's like, you know, my wife and I both make, you know, pretty good money at our job and stuff like that. But it's we're still struggling. We're still struggling day to day. And the cost of living in these little towns is going up because people are moving there so much. Um, But the thing about it is, is hierarchy of the small town. You know, if you know a lot of people, if you grew up here and your parents, you know, went out and did everything and were involved in everything, then you're probably going to have a good ride. But if you're like me, and I move here and I know nobody, and everybody looks at you like... You're an alien, like you're an immigrant or something like that. You know, they don't know who you are. And that's the thing is it's hard to get legs up in a town like that. You know, like I was looking for for work in this town for a while. Good work. I don't want to make eight bucks an hour. I can't make eight bucks an hour. My time is worth more than that, you know, but it's hard living in a small town. So sometimes you have to deal with shit like that. But I'm looking around for jobs and stuff and it's like, God, I can't find shit and then all of a sudden you see oh somebody quit their job here and they immediately got a really good job like doing this for the city or doing that it's like well I just talked to the fucking city and they said they didn't have anything you know oh well he knew somebody that's the thing about about little towns is that people know people and that's that is what drives these little towns a lot is that it's who you know and if you're like my wife and I who we are kind of You know, I, I, I mingle around with people at work and I mingle with people at the gas station and stuff. But as far as me, like, you know, spreading my wings in the community, I'm not that guy. You know, I don't like huge crowds of people that I have to like mingle around in and stuff like that. I'm, I, I don't, you know, I just don't have that. I don't have that thing, you know, and we're, we're just kind of private people and people take that weirdly in small towns if you don't go to everything and you know it's but it's really who you know in these towns and that you know includes like you know um promotions and you know it like i said getting jobs like you know finding work out in the community that's decent that is that is good pay and stuff like that it's like all of a sudden somebody gets something that you never even knew was there because nobody's they don't they don't put it out there. Oh, well, we need this. We we haven't advertised for it, but we need this. And it's like, okay, well, no one ever posted it or showed me anything, you know? But it's just, it's really hard to get ahead in these little towns. And there's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of corruption in little towns. and not just talking about Redfield. I'm talking about towns in general. Like, little towns in general, you go to little towns in general, and there's... You know, there's there's clicks in the government, in the you know in the city. There's there's clicks amongst the community. Like we actually lived next to some people once upon a time, and we're nice people. We don't have parties. We don't do anything. You know, we don't do shit. Um, but like we were good. You know, we we mowed our fucking lawn. You know, we did what we had to do. But these people like never talk to us at all i had some issues with one of their kids and like they threw me a whole shitload of attitude when all i asked was that her, their kid apologized for hitting my kid and it was like you know they always you know give us the smugness all the time and then and then because they happened to have a beef with us for some reason i don't know my cars weren't as nice as theirs i'm not sure my house was a nice little house you know we kept we, we took care of our house okay what the hell? But through them, all of a sudden, there is other people that look down on us now because these people have something to say, and that goes beyond. I mean, if you live in a bigger place, you know, oh, well, your neighbor doesn't like you. You don't have to worry about running into them all over the place. You don't have to worry about your you know, your asshole neighbor working down somewhere where you need to go And you need to have, you know, you need to talk to people and stuff like that. And all of a sudden there's the, you know, like that, that happens so much to where it's, it's just, you know, if one little thing, if you, if you piss off one person in this town or in a, in a small town, it has a domino effect because everybody knows everybody. It's really easy. And it's not, I'm not talking about this from my perspective, but it's really easy to burn bridges in this town. I've seen it happen. You know, people, you know. Quit a few jobs and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, they have no place to work. It's really shitty, man. Because I used to live in bigger places. I used to live in big college towns and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, man. Like 100,000 people and up. I've lived in those kinds of places. And they're amazing. Just the diversity and the amount of things that you can do on a day-to-day basis... And the fact that, you know, if you don't like your fucking neighbor, they're not going to be the fucking, you know, the person that you have to go and ask that they don't turn your electricity off because you don't have enough. You know, like, it's just, it's it's rugged. And that's not that was just an example. That was not a personal thing at all. Actually, the lady that used to run the Northwestern Energy place here was actually a very, very nice, nice lady. And I've seen it in other towns, too. Like, you know, I used to work at a place um I won't even say where cuz I don't want it to be I don't want to put this out there hardcore but um you know I've seen people and this was before me too the me too movement so I don't know things could change things could have changed by now but I'm pretty sure that I've looked it up and that particular person still works there but um you know sexual harassment man like there were, there was a place that I worked at that in a small town that this uh, this person was actively sexually harassing people all the time, like like four or five times a year. Probably they'd be turned in for some sort of harassment or some sort of like, I don't know how I felt about this uncomfortable moments and just making people feel uncomfortable. There was even a person, I think, that had a uh, like a, a restraining order out against this person and everything like that. But this person and this person wasn't like high up, but they were definitely higher than than um than the jobs that we were doing and such and like i you know i knew a lot of people that turned this particular person in for sexual harassment and making them feel uncomfortable and lewd remarks and stuff like that and they never got fired because they're like oh that's just that person that's what that's you know that's what they say in the higher up part and it's like what like that's not that that can't be right like that's not a thing like you can't just say that That person kisses the right ass or kissed the right ass. I don't even know. I don't know if that person still works there or not. (laughs) But the last I looked, they did. But, you know, I see stuff like that, and that's this this small town environment thing where it's just like, oh, that's just Walt, you know. He likes slapping ladies on the butt, you know, or he likes saying the N-word a lot, you know, and it's just these small towns, you people get away with so much because of their name, because of their money. If I had a fuckload load of money, I'd tell you what, this town would be kissing my fucking ass. This town kisses everybody's ass when it comes to if they have money or not. There is a person, I'm going to say this on YouTube, on my, on, on YouTube, on all of my, um, anchor things that I do, all the podcasting channels that this goes through. I'm gonna say this right now. Redfield has a person that drives a massive white Chevy suburban and it's white, as white as you can get it. And do you wanna know what that fucking license plate on this thing says? Fuhrer F-U-H-R-E-R. I even looked it up. I was like, maybe it's something, maybe that's something that Hitler adopted. You know, like they even adopted the swastika from like you know uh, h- Hindu stuff or something like that. But uh, you know, they adopted that from a different thing. So maybe he adopted the word fear. No, Führer is is what Hitler was. <laughs> like that. That was like I think that was the first time that I that the word Führer was used in the, in accordance to somebody, and that was Hitler. And it's like this person drives around town like this. If he lived in any of the places that I used to live, that guy would have had that car torched and rightly fucking so. Holy crap. Holy crap. (laughs) It's ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to take a pause right now. And um, Robert Melling, I think that's how you say your name, man. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard you say your whole name. I've never met you in person. But Robert Melling from the Sioux Empire podcast in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, wanted me to uh, plug some of his upcoming stuff for the Sioux Empire podcast and some really cool, like, uh, it's like a Twilight zone kind of thing that they're going to start doing, like, an audio uh, Twilight Zone thing, which is amazing. I actually have, like, 12 different, um, uh, like, Twilight Zone-y uh, stories written out and stuff like that that I've been waiting to produce and I actually have one that's going to I'm going to start producing here in the next couple months uh, but yeah so you guys are going to listen to something check out the Sioux Empire podcast they have a lot of really cool stuff and um, and this is just one of those things that I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to in the ways of like podcasts and stuff like that so check this out really quick at the fringes of perception beyond the boundaries of your mind just past the glow of the firelight Out of the corner of your eyes, you will find an edge case. Edge Case Podcast, coming September 10th. Learn more at edgecasepod.com. So this is part two of the podcast, and we're talking about small towns and how much it kind of sucks to live here and, and the way, different ways that it sucks and the things I wish that could be improved about it. We talked about hierarchies and social groups and cliques and stuff like that. I'm going to switch gears a little bit, and I'm going to start talking about um, artistry in small towns. Artistry in small towns is really, at least around here, it's really in the decline You know, I remember I remember in Aberdeen when you used to be able to find live music at least once a week, sometimes, you know, but different places. I know that slackers is doing amazing things. The Red Rooster still has stuff and everything, but it's not what it used to be by any means from when I was a kid or from when I was a really little kid, when like the lumber company was open and all that club place downtown when the ward was having a lot of different stuff. Like, you know, my dad gigged around. My dad did that. He was able to make semi a living off of that for a while. And a lot of people did. And when I was a teenager, you know, we had bands like a line coming in all the time. But we also had local musicians doing a lot of stuff. Um, there was a time there where there was a guy in Aberdeen. I want to give him a lot of credit named Zach Carroll's. And Zach Carrolls brought a lot of really good music to Aberdeen, but also um, brought a lot of festival type atmospheres for other for local bands to get down on. And that he was a really God he he really tried to be, and I think he succeeded in a way for his time. He really tried to be a pioneer of the local live music and arts scene in Aberdeen. And I think for about 10 years there. It really worked, and then he moved away, and places closed, and this place closed, and that place closed, and it's just, you know, the Eagles is closed now, the Ward is closed now. Um, There's there's just not a lot, and then when you have bands coming, you know, coming in, a lot of times they're cover bands. But like I say, I got to give it to Slackers because Slackers has has live music down there, and it's not all just cover bands; they're actual bands from around America, which is amazing. Um, but I also want to see, like, local artistry. And this kind of goes for all of America. This just kind of goes for the world. Like, being a local artist, being a, a, a homemade artist, putting your stuff out there, whether it be singing, writing, uh, painting, anything like that, it's tough, man. It's tough doing that stuff and getting it out to an audience, especially in a small town. You know, I have uh, artist friends that have had shows in Aberdeen, you know, art shows and stuff like that. And it's just kind of one of those things where people are like, "Ah," you know, whereas in bigger places, these are actual things. Like people go to an art exhibit, you know, people go to an art exhibit to see art. And there's not a lot, not a lot of that here. Really, there isn't. Um, you know, the Rooster does some stuff and I, I give, I, you know, like I said, I gotta give Rooster and Sl- roosters and or the Red Rooster and Slackers a lot of credit for that because they bring a lot of that stuff. You know, Slackers brings a lot of the, the music and the comedy and stuff and the Red Rooster brings as much of a plethora of artistry that they can which I'm supremely grateful for, but at the same time, we need to see more of that stuff and I, I wish that the people in these small towns would go out for stuff like that. Cause I don't know how many times I've gone to slackers to do stand up or, you know, you know, just check out the open mic or whatever. And there's like two people in the fucking bar and it's like, come on, man. You know, like God, where I come from, it, that was a thing. The, the thing to do was the things to do. That's what you did. Like, you know what's going on tonight like that you know we're not sitting here we're not going to the bar just to go drink or anything like that it's like what is there cool to do tonight oh there's a you know some girls doing belly dancing down on down on the square you know there's a oh there's a there's um uh like you know peace park is having this going on at peace park for this day and there's you know, a slam poetry thing down the road, or we can go to some comedy, or hey, you can go and see the live band that's over here. And, you know, like, that. the thing to do was the things to do, and now the thing to do is to just, I don't know, drink and Netflix and chill, I guess? I don't know, man. It's just really, really... And the sometimes the quality of people... Like I said, man, there's clicks and there's clicks when it comes to the artist scene too, like there really is, and I've seen it in some of the, uh, um, in some of the stuff that I've been a part of. I'm going to tell these stories. I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, bring that down on them. I have my own issues with them, and that's how they'll stay. But I'm just going to give you a couple of examples. You know, like, um, there have been a couple of really great comedians that have gone, come through Aberdeen. Um college students, stuff like that. Um, they're funny. They're funny in, in great ways, not but um, you know, but actually funny people. And some of it's dry and some of it's crude, but they're funny. They do it and they're really good at it and they and I, I looked forward to seeing them hone their skills um, and really create it. But I was really looking forward to seeing these guys progress and, you know, possibly go somewhere and and feel honored that I was I was sharing the stage with these people, you know, and. Um, and one of them tried hosting one time and. Got pretty much chewed out for how he hosted and he was he's he's he was kind of a dry comedian and stuff like that, and it worked. But, like, he got chewed out by one of, the, by one of the, the regulars that put it on and stuff like that. He got chewed out about how he did it. And it's like, fuck you, dude. You know, like, let this guy do his thing. It's one night. It's, it's Aberdeen. You know, what the hell? What does it matter? Let him do it. You know, he's not standing in front of, he's not at the fucking Apollo or fucking Gotham or something like that, man. He's standing in slackers in Aberdeen. Let him do his fucking shit. And it's amazing. He's, he's, he's talented. Guess what? He never fucking came back. Never came back. There was another guy who happened to consume some alcoholic beverages before his performances, and I thought he was fucking hysterical. And then all of a sudden, he got chewed out because he somebody made a snide comment. One of the dudes made a snide comment about him drinking too much. He'd never been back. And he was amazing. And it's just it's fucking sad, man. That shit's fucking sad, and I'm glad that I kind of pushed through on a couple of different occasions. My first time uh, going down to do some stand-up, the person putting it on at the time, I didn't know anybody. I was down there alone and stuff. My friends came in a little bit later, but I went up, you know, hey, uh, who's who's running the, the, the stand-up tonight? Oh, that is that person over there. And So I went over to that person, and I was like, hey, man uh you know is there a sheet I gotta sign up on or something like that so I can do this and and he threw me a bunch of attitude like yeah right yeah like, anybody's gonna be here and like but he, he was like directing it at me like I was stupid for asking him and he was just an asshole. I don't remember exactly what he said to me. I just remember it was very fucking off putting and I was like okay man so uh you know all right thanks you know and I got up and I didn't do too bad. I did pretty good. I got a lot of laughs and everything. One would say that I killed it. I killed it. I was pretty fucking proud of myself, man. Then at the end of it, this dude come up to me and he all of a sudden he's all handshakes and fucking smiles and it's like, "Oh, you fuck. Oh, I hate people like that, man. You should be happy someone wants to participate whether they suck or not. You know, like doesn't matter, dude. Everybody's out there to have fun. We're not at Gotham fucking Comedy Club here. We're not at the fucking Laugh Factory. We're at Slackers in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Most of the people in here don't even know what was going on. But, so that kind of tripped me up a little bit. There was another time I did some comedy. I was asked to do some comedy. And I was told at the particular venue that it had to be clean comedy. And so I did it. I I wrote a completely clean set, and uh, I practiced it the whole way to Aberdeen, 40 miles, 40 minutes of me just going over it over and over and over again in the car, and uh, I got there, and I was like the fourth comedian or something like that, and the guys before me were like doing dick jokes, and one of them had a joke about like, him sexting with his mom and it got a little dirty up in there and there was some f-bombs laid out there was you know there was it was not clean and there was no kids in the fucking building so i figured i'm sitting there i read the room and i was like fuck this i'm gonna do this my way you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna go up there i'm gonna do i'm gonna do what i gotta do i'm gonna get some laughs and so i did this dude got mad at me and I was like, man, the people before me were doing shit like that, man. Like, what, what the hell? And even the per- the uh, the the person that ran the establishment that I was doing to even said, uh, hey, good job. Some people even offered to take me out, take me out uh, uh, afterwards. Went to the went to Scotty's afterwards. And they offered to, like, hey, you want, can we buy you dinner? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, sure. That was awesome. Like, I had a great night. Then all of a sudden, I f- I find out, oh, oh, this dude fucking pissed at me. Shit. It's like, oh my god, man. But I keep going back when I can. You know, I kind of got into it with that fucking dude about that. But I, you know, just uh. I just miss the old days when I lived in towns that weren't like this. There wasn't this these clicks and just this just snobs, man. There's a lot of snobs like. And you have no reason to be snobby. You live in Aberdeen, South Dakota. <laughs> you know, you live in Redfield, South Dakota. You know, there's no reason for you to be snobby at all. <laughs> I don't know, man. This, is my, th- this whole podcast may be just me just bitching about it and stuff like that. And I know I need to work on getting us out, but honestly, there's some extenuating circumstances, not legal. There's some extenuating circumstances that kind of prevent us from leaving right now. You know, we would love to go back to Wisconsin. I would love to move back to Missouri, but I don't think that's it's probably not a possibility because my wife doesn't know anybody down there, neither do my kids, and I barely know anybody down there anymore. But it was beautiful down there. But I don't know. We we want to get out of here, but right now we literally cannot. And it has nothing to do with money it has nothing to do with legal issues or anything like that there's some extenuating circumstances that just prevent us from uprooting right now so we have to deal with it man and i just it's really tough it's really tough to be an artist around here because we don't have a lot of a lot in the ways of um, oh uh artistic outlets, you know, it's sad, man, it's really, really sad that people with talent other than just swinging a fucking hammer, you know, or running a tractor, or just doing these day-to-day bullshit jobs, like, I remember watching, there's a band out there called the String Cheese Incident, I remember watching a documentary of theirs one time, and and the, the guitar player, Billy she was like, yeah, I tried to do, you know, the regular eight to five job and decided, well, I didn't like that. So, we you know, started this band. Fuck, man, I wish I could do that. I just know so many artists, you know, my, Julian Craig in Aberdeen is an amazing artist. Artist paints, you know, uh, drawings, you know, all that stuff. My friend Sarah is an amazing artist. Um, you know, my friend Derek just released a book. Fuck, hasn't sold nearly as many copies as he hoped, and it's you know, it's a book. It's fucking published, and it's amazing. And can't get any fucking, can't get any spread on it. And Ish the stomach. I think is a literary and musical genius. And I think that the people of Aberdeen should be thanking that guy (laughs) for just existing in the same realm as them because he is just that talented. There's so much talent um, that, you know, and it can be eclipsed by other people's talent. Like there's also that that whole thing where it's like stables, stables of people. Um, you know, there's these people that are stable, stapled into, you know, they have they've they cornered the market, the usual stable of people. They've cornered the market on this, that and the other thing in Aberdeen. And it's hard to have anybody else get ahead when these people have already cornered the market. Um, but, yeah, man, just the hierarchy bullshit and the clicky bullshit and. Just everybody knows everybody, and the rumor mill and stuff, like I remember um we had a friend that we worked with, my wife and I worked with, and um my wife and her were were in the same training class together, and uh, and they became friends. And this girl happened to live across the street from us in an apartment building. So, and she didn't know anybody. Like, she was here, um, you know, she left her old man and stuff like that. It was kind of a crazy situation that she, but she, she came here and she got this job and she was, you know, doing it on her own, getting out there and doing it on her own. And, and so we were all she had, basically. Uh, in the ways of friends and so she'd come over and she use our washing machine and stuff like that um, but me and her worked the same shift her and my, my wife were you know really good friends we were all friends but me and her worked the same shift so we took our breaks together a lot um, but and then when you know during the day when my wife was at work or something she would come over and do laundry she'd come over and watch movies just hang out you know just hang out 100% no fucking bones about it. We were just friends. And all of a sudden, this dude was storing a truck topper in my backyard or something. So he came over to get it, and I was helping him put it on his truck. He's like, so I heard you and uh, you and this girl are uh, sleeping together now. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Really, dude? No, we weren't. No, that wasn't happening. Like, sorry. <coughs> just wasn't happening. But So I know, you know, when I even know, like, Uh, There's people out there that, like, they will not go and, like, take time off of work because they need to see somebody about some possible psychological, emotional problems that they have because they're worried about what everybody's going to say because the moment that somebody catches wind of that, then all of a sudden... They're damaged and they're fucking weird and, and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, oh, then, then they're never going to be able to find a different job in that town because everybody's going to think they're a fucking head case just because they're having some fucking emotions right now. They're having some issues they need to work through. You know, like, that's sad and it's scary. You know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, in the closet and hating it homosexuals in this town. In the closet and hating it because they are those homosexuals that that you know don't believe they should be and the, you know and they and they like hate themselves for it and so they closet themselves and stuff like that and there's people that are in the closet around here because they have to be because they feel like they have to be because how fucking weird is everybody is around here and about how much everybody talks and all the fucking rumors and all this and that and the other thing and it's really hard for them to live the life that they should be able to live. And it it sucks because South Dakota has that stigma that we're all just a bunch of backward-ass fucking rednecks, and it really sucks for people like that. We actually, there was a a gentleman in town that that, uh, committed suicide because he was constantly picked on and bullied because of his sexual orientation. And that's fucking sad, man. It's absolutely, like, one of the worst things that you could ever ask for, you know, to happen to, you know, your son or your friend or your brother or your sister or your daughter. It's like... Or to you. It shouldn't have to be like that, man. And these small towns perpetuate that crap. And people get away with crap in small towns because of who they know and how they know, and how much money they have. It's just like high school, man. In high school, it's like, if you didn't have looks, money, or athletic ability, you were fucked. Like, you were at the bottom of the fucking totem pole, man. And it's just, it's really, really tough living in small towns. So people that are looking to move into small towns, I hope you got a lot of fucking money, man. Or you look like Megan Fox, or you're a goddamn running back. You know, or, you know, whatever, man. It's tough. It's tough living here, especially when you're different. There's people that fit into this mold perfectly. They're up on all the drama and they know every single person and everybody's business and everybody knows their business. And they, and they all, you know, there's that main group of people. But then for the outsiders that don't conform to everything, it's tough. It's tough for them. It's tough for the people that, the watchers and the artists and, you know, just the introverts and the LGBTQ communities, you know, it's tough. So if you're thinking about moving to a town like this, just beware. Beware. Because it'll eat you up, man. I know that my wife and I have, we've definitely had more disagreements and arguments and the tension has been more palpable if that's a word if that's the word tension has been a lot more thick since we lived here before we lived here it was a lot different it was a lot different when we lived in a place that we could take the kids all the time that wasn't the same place all the time and we didn't have to deal with neighbors being the people making decisions for us and stuff like that and uh, it's just i miss living where you could live in obscurity a little bit more and your direct your personal life and your professional life didn't clash so much yeah it's tough and i feel for all the artists out there i feel for all the the LGBTQ community that has to, you know, live in small towns and stuff, and just the people that aren't in the loop, the people that choose not to be or, you know, can't even choose not to be. They just aren't. They just aren't. They aren't those people. I'd say this town is probably 75%. You know, the people that fit into the mold And the people that are perfectly happy living here and just doing the exact same thing every fucking day until the day they fucking die in this town. And I don't want that, you know? I want my kids to see the world. I want my kids to know, you know, I want my kids to see the other side of things and not just white people with a with a few african americans and a few asians and you know sprinkled in but i don't want that i want them to see it all just a melting pot of people and all sorts of different cultures and beliefs and and everything you know cuz that's another thing is religion is really huge around here too and i don't care personally about religion like i don't know i don't know if there's a god I don't know if if any one of the million fucking things that people believe in out there. I don't know if any of it's right. Only people that know are usually are probably the people that are dead, and they you know they're dead. I don't know. Nobody knows for sure. That's my thing is that nobody knows for sure. Nobody knows for sure if there's a god, if there's you know if there's fate, or if there you know or anything like that. Nobody knows. We're all fucking morons, man. So I say it doesn't matter It shouldn't matter what you believe in It's just like fucking dogma It shouldn't matter what you believe in Just that you believe in something It doesn't matter what you, who you have faith in It just matters that you have faith I'm Like I would love to buy that fucking church down here And just open the all faith fucking church man Where it's just like hey if you have faith come in You can pray to whatever fucking God you want man And I won't do sermons from the Holy Bible or anything like that. I'll just stand up there and talk about real fucking human beings doing real fucking good things for other real human beings. Good stories, uplifting stories. That's what I want to do. I could live in this town if I could do that, but I wouldn't do that. I couldn't do that because it's a small town, and I have like two people that would come in. It sucks. But anyways, guys, it's getting to be about that time. It's the Dakota podcasting experience. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Dakota Podcast. Um, and you can type that in. Uh, hit hit subscribe. Subscribe to the whatever podcast you're listening to this on. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, share it with your friends. Do all that stuff. You can email us. I'll have all that crap in the description below. This was just kind of a me venting about small towns episode. I actually have a very uh. Very interesting episode coming up um, that I'm going to have my very first guest and uh, and it's going to get it's going to get pretty real. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to. And then I have another person, uh, Tim, my buddy, Tim Reinbold, wants to come on and talk about conspiracy theories. And I'm totally down for that. I want to hear some conspiracy theories. I, I love conspiracy theories. So let's talk about that. Check out the Sioux Empire podcast. And um, all the stuff that uh, that I plugged about them earlier. I'll put some stuff in the uh, description below about that. Um, but, yeah, man. Thank you, thank you guys for, for watching slash listening. Uh, I hope I didn't bore you guys this time. I was just, like I said, I just kind of needed a venting session about small-town America. Because I feel like it's eating me up, guys. I feel like a little bit of tubes has been lost in this fucking mess. So, but I don't. I wanna say this right now. You know, I I I do not regret moving here. Because in us moving here back in 2013 from a big city, bigger city, um, you know, my wife found her calling. I found my calling. You know, I think that we needed this. So I, I don't regret the fact that we that we live here. You know, my son gets to be around his dad. His real dad, because um, we lived anywhere else, he wouldn't be able to be around his real dad. Um, you know, and we are around my uh, my wife's family and stuff. I don't have much family left, so I'd love, to, I'd love to live by them, but right now, like I said, extenuating circumstances are keeping us here. So while we're here, let's enjoy it together. I want some people on the couch. I think I'm going to, um, if you don't know this, I actually have a uh, uh, another channel on here called Silver Screen Showdown where it's a, actually a movie trivia game show that I created. We're actually we've, are, we've actually done two seasons now and I'm I'm am starting to work on the third season and I'm thinking I was thinking I need to get a, a place to do it, but I honestly think that this room will be would would do it. I just got to slim it down a little bit. So I'm thinking about starting to kind of really produce season 3 of Silver Screen Showdown and just have people come to my house. My house. I'm the bouse. What? I'm the bouse. Yeah, you said that. I'm the (laughs) bouse. Love you guys. I'll see you guys later. Tony Tubes, Dakota Podcasting Experience. Doc's over there, passed out on the couch. Dr. Emmett Brown, the dog, passed out on the couch. We'll see you guys next time on another grouping episode of the Dakota podcasting experience.